This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and apparently, if everything's done right, we're go- we're live today, uh, and I'm here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes, as always. Polly, how you doing, man? I'm doing real great. I'm uh, I'm excited that we're getting into the stream game. I feel like we're probably the last podcast on the network to do it. Um, yeah. yeah. But here we are. Absolutely. I mean, um, this is really cool that the network's given us this ability via StreamYard. Shout out StreamYard uh, for this whole thing. So this will be new to us for sure. Um, you know, I guess feel free to chirp us. Do whatever you want. Uh, okay. TJ's there. Thanks, TJ. There, yeah. yeah, there it is. Uh, There's it was, our first chirp. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> and see, that this is so cool that we can kind of just, you know, TJ's out here getting featured. That's the um, Never Say Die podcast, repping the New York Islanders. If you guys are interested, check them out. Um, but I do have I to actually tell want, you. I watch oh. them regularly. Do you? Yeah, especially whenever I get the notification because – they normally record on the weekend, so I'm like, you know, uh, especially like taking the dog for walks and stuff. It's perfect. <laughs> All right, well, there you go, TJ, the uh, number one in number one in your heart, right here. Polycom yeah, Cops. I heard Grumpy uh, talk about Andrew's Lee again today, so yeah, had my had, had my blood boiling. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So I have to do an ad read. Uh, wanted to tell you about an amazing graphic designer, Kyle Courtright. Kyle runs Courtright Design, Courtright Design, an award-winning branding company. I've personally worked with Kyle on multiple branding projects, and my experience was excellent. Kyle is the real deal, and he's worked with brands like Toyota, Nvidia, the Detroit Lions, the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, Dr. Horton, and even Olympic organizations. Kyle will carefully design and style your brand to be timeless and unforgettable in the world through design services like. Logo design, website, marketing design, and much more. He'll bring your brand to life in ways that will stir emotion and win the hearts and minds of your audience while fueling business success. So be sure to reach out to Kyle uh, today for a 100% free brand discovery consultation. All you have to do is inquire through his website at courtrightdesign.com and you'll be all set. Um, I'm pretty sure he did the... Uh, what do you call it? The um, the Hockey Podcast Network logo that you're seeing up here in the top right of your screen, and uh, all the other, a lot of the other branding stuff for the network here too. So, you know, hit him up if you need some branding, brand and or logo work done. Yeah, free. <laughs> How are you gonna beat that? Yeah, well, it's a hundred. It's a free consultation, Polly. Jesus, well, don't don't. Well, be I know, our- <laughs> I know that. I'm just saying. Some people pay you for the con- make you pay for the consultation, so already off on a good foot. That's true. That's true. So check him out. Um, that being said, though, I guess we should just kind of get right into it. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. One, two, three. So I'm not sure how those sound effects are coming in through the uh, the live stream, but it's definitely we're we're also recording on uh, like our. For the audio side for us, so just to make it like super legit, I guess this is kind of a, I don't know, like a lesser quality maybe, possibly. I don't even know. Anyways, <laughs> some brief league news. 
Looks like January 13th, Polly. It's going to be our, our start date with 56 games. Another way to fuck over Ovechkin and help the Pittsburgh Penguins, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, these um, nothing's official yet. Uh, reports are saying that it, it'll come out this week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if it were up to me, they'd play 82 games and then just the top two from each division would play for the Stanley Cup. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got to get over those opportunities. But, you know, this is good news. Um, college hockey's in full swing, and, and the ECHL just started up, so it's good to know that the, the NHL is uh, allegedly eyeing a start date. Right, absolutely. I mean, anything to get us pro hockey back is going to be uh, a win for me. So, you know, um, there is a bit of a division realignment uh, being floated as well. Have you? Do you have anything on that, or should we just let that be uh, a, uh, I don't know, up in the air because there's well, a ton, there's been a ton, a ton of news, but it's just like kind of like speculation and then uh, not good news. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've seen a couple different options for the caps. Um, one, I think where they were with the, the penguins and one where they weren't. So um, I mean, really, I, I guess we'll just have to wait to see till anything's official. I really just hope that they stay with the Penguins and the Flyers because those are good games to have. Yeah, and I think that that's the the plan overall. I just don't, you know, I I think they were going to ship out Carolina. Trying to find an article on it real quick here. Um, But just... To answer that? TJ's uh, comment real quick, yeah, I am wearing my Irish stuff. They they uh, they played Ohio State today and uh, they lost on national TV, but uh, they won yesterday. That's because they suck. The Big Ten's the Big Ten's a bear. I'll be talking about that on Thursday's episode. Uh, it's it's just one big beat each other up conference, right? Absolutely. All right. So look, division, first division, which the Penguins and Capitals and Flyers, basically most of the Metro, at least all of the heavy hitters in the Metro um, are going to be. But we also get the Bruins and the Sabres. So they give us a cupcake and a top team from the Atlantic division. And it looks like we retain the Devils, the Islanders, the Rangers, the Flyers and the Penguins. So division two looks like Carolina, Columbus, Detroit. Chicago, Florida, Minnesota, Nashville, and Tampa Bay. I see Tampa Bay probably destroying that division, but I think that, you know, I think it would be a pretty good division with, or a pretty good competition with Carolina and and, and the Blue Jackets, you know, holding, yeah. holding it down there. Um, and we've obviously seen that you really can't count out Chicago. Yeah, uh, TJ's chiming in, saying saying that stuff you just said about losing Carolina and Columbus and adding Boston and Buffalo. And honestly, I I don't I'm, I'm not going to miss Carolina or Columbus because they both challenge the Capitals regularly. Um, and Buffalo, aside from adding Taylor Hall, there's nothing to worry about there. Boston, that'll be scary having a, uh, extra games against them. So. I don't hate it, but um, you know I'm glad that Carolina and Columbus will be off of us a little bit. But I'm not looking forward to the extra Boston games. I don't mind having. Bo- I would trade probably both those teams for Boston. 
if I'm being honest. Uh, Boston's well, game plan is very much it, – it plays into our game plan, and I think we're just better at it as far as trying to be physically dominant. Um, and I think that we have just a little bit better top-end talent. So, I, I I mean, they have Pasternak, who's good, and Marshawn and whatnot. But I, I, I think we have good luck against Boston, honestly. I, I'm not scared of Boston. Um, being well, we show up for Boston. I think we kind of overlook some of the other teams. Um, Carolina and, and Columbus kind of seem to we, we get that like uh, that that trap game feel, mm. if you will. I mean that that's a bit extreme, but I just I feel like we we know Boston's a big deal, so we show up and we kind of overlook the Carolina and Columbus game. So I I, I get your point there, um, and you know with them being an aging team, maybe. Maybe it's not as scary as it could have been two years ago. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I don't think they're they're not too far removed from a from a final though. I mean, they obviously sure. still have it. They're still a good team. Um, you can't sleep on them. I'm just, I just don't mind that trade off. I don't think as bad as you know if we were to gain Tampa Bay or you know somebody else, uh, you know, or keep the Hurricanes. Honestly, I think the Canes are going to be pretty good this year. Uh, and hopefully, you know, uh, we'll do well in our division. But moving on, the third division looks like the Ducks, Yotes, uh, Stars, <laughs> Stars and the Avs, and uh, L.A., San Jose, St. Louis, and Vegas. This is going to be a, a tough one. I feel like, um, you know, are the Dallas Stars the real deal? Can they do it again for the second year in a row, like stay competitive? Uh, the Avs and the Stars. I mean, do you do you have the Stars being a shoe in here to the playoffs? Um, I, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I I don't think they're going to put together the same kind of run they did. I actually saw a tweet and someone was saying all four of the first round buy teams from the bubble all ended up in the same division. I think this is the hardest division. This this new Western division. That they've really? come up with. I, I don't know what the name's going to be for it. I don't know if it's the West, but um, I think it's going to be tough. The the Avalanche are just. I mean, they're, they're a couple goals away, really, from being a Stanley Cup team. And uh, the Stars showed that they are. They're not just old guys that hit, you know. So I think it's going to be pretty tough. And I think the Stars. I don't think they can put together the same kind of run, but they're going to be tough in a shortened season for sure. Yeah, and then you also have the Knights here who are just going to be probably pretty good, at least on paper, no matter what they end up doing with Pacioretty, uh, just because, you know, the NHL gave them an entire team on the silver platter. Uh, yeah. So they're going to be good. I mean, I, I see the Avs and the Knights probably being the two shoe-ins, but I, I kind of agree with you. I think that the rest of the division is kind of up in the air. I mean, you've got the Sharks who added um, a goaltender. You've got the Blues, who may have overperformed during their Stanley Cup win, but, you know, that's what it takes. That's what it takes. They're still a good team. Um, and the Stars and, you know, the outliers here, like the the Yotes and the Ducks, I feel like this team's – this division's just going to beat the shit out of themselves, I feel. Yeah, on a, it's, it's uh, going back to my earlier comment, they're going to be like the Big Ten right now. They're just going to – like no one's going to come out as a clear division winner, I don't think, because they're all just going to keep beating each other 
and like the the number one team is only going to be a few points ahead of like the number seven team. Like, right. I just I think it will be a very very competitive and physical conf or division. Absolutely, absolutely. And then finally, you have the poor Canadian division, which is just a fucking joke at this point. At least they're good at international play. Um, you know, what, what, the Oilers and the Leafs, and then the Canucks and the. Canadians? I don't know. Who knows? That, that's yeah, the top I mean, four in my eyes. Uh, TJ makes a good point here that Toronto made out the best with the division realignment, and I think he's right. Um, even though some of these Canadian teams are up and coming, there's really no like powerhouse except for Toronto. Uh, it seems like every other team is up and coming, uh, cool. except for Calgary, but they've just been underperforming. And you have the Oilers, though. Yeah, but they, they pretty much. I feel like it's it's Drysaddle and McDavid, and then it's you know hopefully the other guys show up, and then we'll see how they perform. Sure, top heavy is is probably a key word here or a key phrase yeah. for sure. Um, but but yeah, so that's that's what we've got so far. Again, this could all be blown up in the next literal hour and a half, but um, the. This seems to be what what the NHL has done. They did announce the 13th, though. Or at least not officially, but they have announced that they hope, that they wish, and they're praying that the the 13th is the time. It's like a soft announcement. Yeah, right. Soft announcement for the 13th. So, I don't know. We'll, We'll see. I'm pumped about it. I'm I'm happy to see that that things are moving forward. I just I just want hockey. Honestly, I don't care. Uh, and I'm sure the listeners out there probably want to hear us not talk about Waterworld. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously. Uh, after some <laughs> feedback on that, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, <clears throat> anyways, World Juniors. Connor McMichael named to Team Canada. Uh, he was our 2019 first round pick member of the gold medal team last year. I think he's going to be anchoring the fourth line. Uh, Hendrix Lapierre, on the other hand, was deemed to be too clapped out and did not make the team. Uh, Both were invited to camp, though. That's a positive. Uh, McMichael apparently had four points and four scrimmages, uh, five goals last year in the tournament. Yeah, so I think he's looking to be their their stud this year. I think he... um, uh, Lafreniere, I think, if I remember correctly, he's the horse they rode through that tournament, and that's why he got drafted first overall, and he's not getting to get to play this year. But um, I think Connor McMichael is going to be the guy for Canada this year. At least maybe that's my, my cap's slant on it. But uh, they should have no problem winning again. They, they, they were very good last year, right. and they probably didn't lose much because they're Canada. Right. But I mean, so you think that Conor McMichael is going to claw his way up from a fourth line, like role playing role to a first top six on the juniors or the caps, the juniors team. Well, I mean, he had five goals in the short tournament last year. Okay. Maybe, maybe I overstated it. He's, he might not be their horse, but I think he's going to play a very big role. Fair enough. We'll, we'll see. I hope he does. You know, I hope he gets a lot of playing time. You know, I'd say that like on a team like that, you get 10 minutes ice time. That's that's you should pat yourself on the back, you know. Yeah, uh, you're going to the show. <laughs> I'm hoping for a Team Canada silver medal to USA and McMichael's the tournament MVP. There you go. 
that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it, it's really, and I, we talked about this on the, uh, after hours last night and I, I guess the, the climate over there in Canada up North is basically if they don't win the gold in world juniors, like even if they go down, like by more than one goal in the tournament, it's a fucking, uh, failure like an objective fail, uh, object failure for them. Yeah. I feel like uh, it seems like Canada takes world juniors a little more seriously than the Olympics. It's I'm, well, I think it's just more because it's every year, right? Yeah. And I mean, the juniors is, it's such a big part of their culture. It's, it's like world uh, juniors in Canada is like college football in America. So, yeah, but I feel like even more like personal, right? True. Because, you know, yeah. like, even like that's the kid that you knew in high school that still he just did had a great season he's going to go represent the country right so right uh, and honestly like you know you're the powerhouse right now there's no way that you're not going to be you know looked at in the sense of I'm representing my country at the highest level for my age and we're we're expected to just absolutely dominate yeah right well hopefully they don't though. Yeah, right. Canada's got enough. They need to go on like a 25-year drought of no <laughs> medals in any hockey. Yeah, I don't see that. I don't see that happening at all. It I feel won't, like they can, You know, and that's the fucked up part. Is it like Canadians that I talk to are just like, well, yeah, we're, we're just so great on the net, on the international play. It's like, buddy, you could literally cut your entire – like take your roster that you have now, literally cut them all. Like they're everyone on the first team has gone – Go to your second team. You probably still wipe the floor with everybody on World Junior stage and all international play, World Cup, World Juniors, Olympics. Absolutely, I, I it's like it's like America being like, yeah, well, we're the best basketball, we're the best football. Like, okay, right. you invented the damn sport. Like, come right, on, right, right, exactly. Well, at least we made it popular. I'm pretty sure basketball was is was invented in Canada. Do you know that? I've heard you say that before, and I've never fact checked you, but I'll 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 take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean, one one I mean, football for sure. That's that like no one would ever compete, and yeah, right. I feel like that's that's like Canada and hockey. Sure. Yeah. I mean, if if NFLers were allowed, if football, and I'm talking American football, was allowed to be an Olympic sport, it would. Nobody would. I feel like people would just watch it and and get sick because it it'd be such a land. You know, it'd just be like it'd be like you know adults playing like ten year olds full contact. Yeah, it's like uh, that. I think it's a Simpsons meme where he's like, "Stop it, he's dead already." Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. That, exactly. That's what the games would look like. Right. Right. Um. All right, are we gonna are we gonna move on to uh, the shitty news that we we've heard about in the past uh, couple weeks? And that's uh, ex Nailers coach Clark Donatelli has been the kind of like centered around a Penguins lawsuit from uh, Jared Scald, and who was a who was an assistant coach in Wilkesbury Scranton. So what happened was. Uh, Donatelli, who at the time is the head coach in Wilkes-Barre, uh, for the Baby Pins, the AHL affiliate of the Penguins, um, I guess groped 
Scald's wife, who was his assistant coach. Uh, mm-hmm. And this was apparently like not just a one-time thing. I mean, it had been inappropriate conduct of varying degrees for an extended period of time. And basically Scald was shocked, uh, wanted to wait till the season ended before he reported anything, finally reported something time later. I think it was seven months later um, after it had occurred, reported to the word got up to Billy Guerin, who at that point was the like assistant GM of, for the pens and was like kind of the head man for the HL affiliate in Wilkes-Barre. And he kind of just said like, we'll take care of it. Donatelli ended up being in the, the, the press said that Donatelli had left for personal reasons, but behind closed doors, I guess Garen had said he was let go. Um, I just, um, and, and then he told scalds pissed because he told, was told by Garen to kind of don't say anything like, let's bury mm-hmm. this story here. Uh, because it could be detrimental to the league or to the to the team. Yeah. Um, I, I that's the do more research on it. Obviously, read the full article. I'm not going to sit here and do your research for you, but uh, my take on this is that uh, that's a shitty thing, and I think that Scald's probably going to win some money here uh, in the end of it. And unfortunately, if the allegations that have come out are true against Billy Guerin. I have a feeling that his time in hockey is over. Yeah. I mean, this is guys have been, I feel like guys have been uh, done with hockey for, for less recently. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so this happened when he was in Wilkes-Barre, but who knows, maybe more is going to come out on Donatelli in Wheeling Um Cause he, I mean, he was there for a while and, you know, he took them to the cup and uh, I was very shocked when I read this, but yeah, I, I think this is a very bad look for the Penguins. It's a very bad look for Bill Guerin. It, it, it'll be interesting to see how the wild handle this moving forward, especially uh, once the courts make their decision. Cause uh, you know, they, they may just get rid of him because of the look or they may, you know, give, give the courts a chance to kind of, see where they're going to take this but either way uh none of this looks good and right. uh donatelli sounds like a real scumbag right and if true uh which it it there's a lot of detail here there's a lot of i mean it seems like it seems like it's very true um that's just reprehensible stuff you can't do that and, and why yeah. what the fuck man like your assistant coach's wife yeah yeah, it you know it reminds me of um, you ever seen the movie Four Brothers? I don't know. But, uh, uh, well, anyway, the the gang leader kind of like tells the guy he's like, "I'm going to send you out of town, and I'll uh, invite your your wife over while you're out of town." And I mean, that's just it's a weird parallel, but I'm just saying like it. Uh, you're what kind of boss does that? Not only first of all, you're you're a bad person for doing that, but then you know, almost using your power to get away with something like that just sure. makes it even worse. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, weird parallels that you're drawing aside, just, uh, just on its own. It's, yeah. it's a shitty situation and fucked up. And 
you know, it's weird because I never really heard much about Donatelli when he was here other than like, you know, he's a good coach. He was in Wheeling. He, was, he did well, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, uh, apparently, I mean, if you ever heard is, this, I used to like, like the night before I was going out to the bars, like at night, I would, I would turn on the radio and like, listen, if, you know, and during the winter, if it was, uh, you know, a, a Naylor's game on before or after, I would always somehow catch his like radio interviews and God, he just sounded like some scumbag new Englander. That's <laughs> just a thick, thick, rich accent. Um, and real nasally. I don't know. You could definitely tell this dude probably took down some nose beers plus real beers in his <laughs> lifetime. Uh, so yeah. I, here's the, here's the messed up thing about it though, is that, um, the Penguins are fighting it. They've cat They've denied everything um, to to save you know for it for their legal defense, um, which uh, the their the biggest thing that they have going for them, I think, on the legal battle is that they've claimed that because it was out of the stat, like the seventh, because they reported it seven months instead of like 180 days or something. Yeah. Um, it should make that this whole complaint moot and that they dealt with it properly and that there's no ground to the lawsuit. Um, yeah. So they're going with statute limitations instead of saying this didn't happen. Right. Yeah. Does it, that's the thing that's, and that's the crazy part is it doesn't seem like they're willing to like deny. I mean, they've, they've denied that it happened, but they're not denying that it happened based on facts. They're denying it. It didn't happen based on like their defense is, built around statute of limitation stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, that's rough, man. I, I terrible look, like you said, and reprehensible behavior at, in any case. Um, yeah. And I, I just to like pile on and, and, you know, this is not something that we're taking lightly, but it, after this whole thing, I was like, shit, because, there's been rumors that the Pitt, Pittsburgh Penguins organization is in some financial trouble. Um, with all the moves they've made to like spend to the cap have been really to like save money, uh, even though they are still kind of like spending the cap, but like long term. Uh, who knows? Who knows the validity to all that? But um, Sam Fells came out with a Deadspin article that basically just destroyed Mario Lemieux, like took hard shots at Marlon Mew and the entire organization. Um, you know, just to, uh, just to kind of like touch on a little bit of it. I mean, he attacked Mario Lemieux. Um, and you know, this is all stuff that did happen, which I didn't even know about this. Like Mario Lemieux was in a hotel room while, um, an alleged like sexual assault went down. Uh, with one with, of his teammates. With one of his teammates, yeah, like Dan Quinn, I think is his name, right? Yeah, and and, and it apparently got got the cover up. Right. Well, so like Dan Quinn uh assaulted this woman. Mario was in the room. There's that's fact. They they've proven that. And uh when Dan Quinn got off on those charges, they went and tried to get those documents sealed. They got that got kicked up to a different court and of appeals before they finally overturned that. But, um, you know, uh, also, you know, there's Billy Tibbetts who is, uh, 
previously convicted of raping an unconscious 15 year old girl. Um, just a lot of, uh, it just doesn't seem like the, the way that this article was framed, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like the penguins really care about that occurrence, any of that stuff when they're drafting, when uh, in their leadership and just doesn't seem like sexual assault and these type of, you know, grievances against women, these, these, these assaults against women are something that is a deal breaker for them, which I would hope would be a deal breaker for anything, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, it definitely, I don't want to put this on Lemieux, but it seems to be a trend when he's involved. Um, hopefully that's a coincidence because he seems like a great guy. Right. Um, but you know, this, this is just a startling, um, combination of information. It is, it is. And, and, you know, once could be a coincidence twice is, is like a, you know, eyebrow raise and three times. That's definitely a trend for me. So, yeah. uh, it's, uh, I'm not again, who knows how this is going to turn out in court. Obviously the NHL is not doing much to be promoting the, the facts finding of this process or really anything about it. It came out, it hit the news waves for like what Polly a day, two days. And then now it's gone because the NHL had the same day, the NHL reported the return to play, or at least news of the return to play. This, this story came out. So, you know, talk about a high yeah, I mean, and a low on a day, right? The uh, the bullying story with the Coyotes got more press than this. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm not I'm not trying to wait either situation say one's worse than the other, but um, maybe it is coincidence of the timing that you know news of the new season's coming out, or you know, or maybe there's another reason. But um, if this had come out a month ago, it would have gotten a lot more attention. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. So we'll keep you updated on that as this progresses. I mean, this will be something that I'm going to be watching for sure, because, you know, this could have on ice implications in the sense of if the penguins who have been rumored to have some sort of financial difficulties, and that's, that's a nothing verified. there, just may not be in the best situation financially. Um, and this could be a conspiracy theory. Like I have zero fact to back that up. I'm going to be honest. But um, if that's the case and then they have to pay out like millions of dollars in a settlement fee for this or however that looks or how, whatever happens with that. I mean, that could be that could have both, you know, on ice spending, you know, what kind of team they can feel field via uh, the budget that they have or just, you know. I don't know. I mean, I'd hate to say it, but like a fold or something or relocation or ship them to KC. Right. Kansas city, Kansas city. That's always, that's where they always rumor them whenever there's like thoughts of the penguins leaving. Right. And I mean, honestly, like I hate the penguins enough as it is. So if any of this shit's true and, uh, it was a real, it was proven to be a cover up from the top down, you know, and the keyword here is proven. I'd love nothing more for them to, to just legitimately fold not even get relocated, just be gone forever. So that's me though. Nah, you'd miss the rivalry. Uh, maybe, but I, I wouldn't miss the fans. What would they do? Probably nothing. 
They have nothing to live for mm. after that. Their city's trash. Um, you know, there's nothing really there. They'd have to adopt someone. Right, uh, in hockey, right. I don't know, Columbus maybe? Would they, though? I don't know. I mean, they're not going to go to the Flyers. No, they would probably just swear off hockey because it's Pittsburgh, and if it doesn't happen in Pittsburgh, it doesn't happen anywhere in the world. Well, it might be Vegas. Oh, yeah, uh, Flurry's already, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, enough of the enough of that. Uh, it's a downer, like I said. We'll keep you informed on that. But, Paul, you want to talk about the Caps? We've been droning on here for about half an hour now. Yeah, yeah. All right. So in today's Washington Wraparound, uh, I'd like to thank uh, at Ryan Darcy 22 coming in hot, calling us out for not mentioning Beck Malenstein's injury. Uh, totally Polly's fault. Uh, looks like Malenstein's going to be out six to eight months with an Achilles injury that he sustained while training. You know, those Achilles injuries can definitely be career enders, but he's, you know, he's young and driven, big guy. Uh, I liked I liked him when he came up and played for the Caps like three games last year. Uh, I, Isn't this one, what happened to Dowd? Uh, did he have an Achilles injury? I thought so. Well, no, I don't know. Or I don't no, know why no, you who, bring that up without any reason. Like you have a computer in front of you. You could have just Googled that it, and said. Who just got hurt? Be- Beck Malenstein is who we're talking about. Paul. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. What the fuck, man? Okay. <laughs> it's not like we're live or anything. No, I got depression. Michael Kempney is who I'm talking about. He also yes. hurt his Achilles tendon. Yes. Okay. And hamstring. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, he did. And I that's weird. It's a it's not an unknown injury in hockey, but it it's it's it was very rare back in the day and I feel like they've it started to become a little bit more prevalent. I wonder if that's just how you, how the players are training. They're just getting so jacked that they're like tearing their Achilles. Do you know how jacked you have to be to tear your Achilles tendon though? Well, that's why I brought it up was that it seems to be weird that we're getting multiple Achilles injuries. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, are they not stretching properly? Like, I want to know, like, what kind of Achilles injury they're having. Like, is it snapping or right. like a twist? You know, I mean, uh, Achilles is nasty getting an injury there. I, I, I do not envy these guys on their road to recovery. Right. And I mean, I think everybody's seen Hostel where. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you slice it and then like, oh, walk out the door and then they get up and it's just like you can't walk. So obviously. I don't know if that's rooted in any sort of fact, but uh, you know, there's some, Hey, at Ryan Darcy 22, there's some more movie movie trivia for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Probably don't watch that with your nine year old for sure. Definitely not a nine year old movie, but um, you know, uh, back to back Malenstein. I think that this is a, it's a tough, I mean, obviously six to eight months with any injury to that requires surgery and then rehabbing, you know, that is probably the equivalent of like a, Sidney Crosby headache, concussion, um, a spinal injury, and or uh, any sort of like ACL knee injury, right? Which would be something that you would do. And I mean, you see some of these NFL players and some hockey players come back to the to play full time after like four months off an ACL tear, uh, and that's 
insane. Um, That's because they have the best surgeons and best physical therapists in the world. Right. And lots of HGH. So I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. Like uh, six to eight months is a, a, a considerable amount of time for any athlete to be on the shelf uh, for any injury really. Uh, so to have the, so it must be a very serious thing. I mean, and if the whole, if the hostile thing is true, you would think that that's kind of a, um, that's, that's a very important piece of your body where if you can't walk without it, you know, it's important. Can't walk, yeah. can't skate. Uh, kid I grew up with, uh, shout out Kyle Gillis. Um, he told me that they, they watched a video. I think it was in gym class. The kid, uh, during a basketball game tore his Achilles and it, it, he said it sounded like a gun went off and then it like, you could see it curl up his, the back of his leg what? with all the tension. When it, once the tension broke, it just curled up his leg, up his calf. That's fucking disgusting. That's <laughs> yeah, terrible. It is. It is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah. I don't want to anyway, uh, but yeah, oh, wow. That's terrible. Yeah. And he probably fell and had to get carted off the gym floor, right? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, this has been like 15 years since I heard this story, but it stuck with me. At least that part. Yeah. Um, anyways, like I said, Beck was, it's, it's tough for Malenstein because in the three games that he played, he had a lot of shots on net. He was a big guy, disruptive, like to see, I like to see that type of guy. Um, probably, Needed to calm down a little bit, stop gripping the stick too so hard. But uh, you know, getting a cup at one game, I think he had like three or four shots on net. Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, and I think they played the Avs, if I'm correct. I don't know, but uh, liked him. He was gonna fight for a bottom bottom three, bottom six spot uh, with a big club, but um, not gonna not not gonna happen this year apparently. Uh, so tough break. Hopefully he comes back young guy, 22 years old. He's got potential still. Um, yes, Katie D Carlin, Tonio, uh, Eric Carlson, who's, you know, several time Norris winner did get his Achilles cut on the ice by um, scumbag penguin by a scumbag penguin named Matt cook. Yeah. Yep. Total piece of shit. I think, uh, it was severed about 70%. So, they were able to stitch it up, and he didn't miss nearly the same. I think he came back the same season. He did. Um, it was still a so, couple months, though. He was out. Yeah, months. I mean, he missed a significant amount of time. It, it's it, disgusting. Um, but I'm guessing, uh, you know, Beck must have, like, truly, like, separate or, like, you know, dislocated something because uh, it's a much longer recovery time. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, moving on though. Sorry, Beck. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, Ovi going to be the ambassador for the Special Olympics World Winter Games in Kazan in 2022. Love to see it, man. That's a it's a pretty cool thing. Uh, Ovi's always been pretty cool with the special needs kids, and and uh, I just think uh, that he's just has done such a such a lot like a lot of great work with them. So. Mm-hmm. It wasn't surprising to me to see him do the be an ambassador to the Special Olympics. He's been the an ambassador to the the um, the uh, the Olympics in general before. So 
awesome stuff there. I'm, I'm just kind of a little blurb. Um, Brooks Orpic, any news on him there, Polly? Yeah, so uh, looks like he got hired by his alma mater, Boston College Eagles. He's going to be an assistant coach. Um, he was in the mix for the uh, assistant coach position with the Caps, but apparently that didn't uh, pan out. He, I mean, I, I think it's cool. It probably feels good to go back to the alma mater. BC is a very good program, and he's going to do nothing but improve it with all of his success with the Penguins and the Capitals. Absolutely. Um, I, and it, it's probably tough because I'm sure ownership was like, yeah, Brooksy, we'd love to have you on and do this and that, but it's going to be Lavi's decision and having, yeah. you know, come in and, and he got a couple reps on the assistant coaching side with uh, the Reardon um, regime, but it seems like Lavulette's probably going to hire some guys and keep some certain people that he wants around. Uh, which that's just how the cookie crumbles. And obviously Brooks has landed on his feet. I think that's a great position. He's probably gonna have a lot of fun and um, he's going to be able to, to be a part of an incredibly competitive club. So congratulations. Brooks. uh, Yeah. Congrats Brooks. Um, Yeah. The, the hockey East, it's probably the most talented, um, hockey conference you know to uh, to compare it to to college football it's probably like the sec of of college hockey so he's going to be there with great competition great players and you know coming from ncaa a lot i think a lot more coaches have been making the jump to pro so he probably isn't far off from a pro career if he wants it absolutely yeah no doubt um i think that his chances are were probably minimized due to the pandemic but yeah that definitely didn't help yeah so again it's how the cookie crumbles brooks orpic is is no uh is he's he's no stranger to adversity i'm sure he'll he'll be fine and you know he gets to chill in in boston a decent city i've never been there but i've heard it's great uh and and you know good for him so (laughs) To, to take you back down to earth, I guess, Caps fans, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to scratch a scab open here and talk about Braden Holpe. But also he's in some PC hot water, uh, which when Polly told me about this, I was like irate and it was going to be the hockey troll hip check next week. But I read more into it because, of course, Polly only gives me about. 20 to 30 percent of the facts and then the rest he just Jesus christ like, he just like do, makes shit up apparently i i do so much work on this outline throughout the week and this guy's mad because i'm not spoon feeding him everything <laughs> he 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 does do some work on the outline I'll, gi- I'll give him that i'll give him that uh <laughs> There's a lot of let's just say there's not a lot of like original thoughts, mostly copy and pasting, which is fine. Which is fine. It's what we need. I, at but, least I clear the formatting. I make it look pretty. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. It's got <laughs> it's got like pink font and arrows and things <laughs> circled. Uh, yeah. So it looks kind of like my daughter's like sketchbook, but uh, and she's a smart kid. I take that as a compliment. Uh, oh, thank you. And only five years old. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyways. So 
if you, if you haven't seen Holpe's new helmet, um, it was very cool, kind of like grayscale with color mixed in, um, uh, indigenous art piece. And it, it was a totem. It had like a totem head on it. And, uh, it was, it was very much kind of like Western Northwestern indigenous, uh, culture incorporated in all of this. Right. So very cool helmet. I thought it looked awesome. I was like, that's sick. Can't wait to see Holtz in that, uh, on the ice. Incredible stuff. And then it turns out that, um, he's kind of, he got kind of called out for some cultural appropriation here. And again, at first I thought it was just because like, now because he's white, he wasn't allowed to wear this. And that's not the case at all. The, the real reason, which is explained by Jay Soul, uh, and it's S-O-U-L-E, so it might be Soli. I'm not really sure how to uh, pronounce that, so sorry. But uh, he's an indigenous artist, and he explained that, you know, and I quote, If the goalie in question wants to use um, indigenous art in his helmet, the right thing to do would be to reach out to an indigenous artist and commission an indigenous artist to do that. Um, when you think about the indigenous economy and how it's been affected by all of this work coming from overseas, it's catastrophic to indigenous artists who are trying to make a living through their work. So, um, you know, the capitalist in me wants to just be like, you know, hey, whatever, but I totally understand where this guy's coming from in the sense that, you know, I mean, this is a part of your culture. You might as well get it from the source, right? Uh, you know, I don't want, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't want, uh, I don't want somebody from Italy giving me like German stuff unless it's from Germany. Right. Like you, you don't, True. you don't go to, you don't go to buy like, uh, you know, Japanese furniture from China unless it's Japanese for sure. You know, you know, I mean, obviously those styles and things can mix and match, but I guess to be authentic and to do it right, the big thing they wanted is they being the indigenous uh, kind of organizations that called him out on it uh, is to get it right from, right from the source, which makes sense because there's probably, and you know, to Holby's defense, he's, he hasn't been in the area of Vancouver area for long. He doesn't know. He's not aware of the in and outs of like, where do I find an indigenous artist to paint my goalie helmet? He just went with the same guy, that wanted to be, you know, that he's been using forever from Sweden. So, you know, I don't think that it was a malicious thing. What do you think, Paul? No, I, I think Holpe, he's very socially aware. So um, he definitely would not be the guy that would ignore social signs here. He, I think he, this is a 100% honest mistake. Absolutely. Um, you know he's 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 very uh socially active on um you know he's always going to um different events and stuff and uh in support of people fighting for rights and such so you know this would be the last guy that you would expect to culturally appropriate so it, it's definitely an honest mistake and he has said he's going to have someone indigenous design this so He's he recognizes that he made a mistake and he's going to fix it. Right. Absolutely. And um, the big thing for me, I mean, yeah, you're looking at uh, an NHL ambassador for like LBGT rights and has just been 
huge in the DC area for his outreach. Um, I, and I, I don't, I don't think it really got like super malicious in the call in the calling out of this. I just think that he probably didn't was just straight up didn't know and then offended somebody and then this is how these things get remedied uh, anymore. So it sucks to see that he insulted somebody, but he's doing it what it needs what needs to be done to to make it right in his 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 and his family's eyes. So good for him. Yeah, I'm excited to see. I think that the I I think that the um inspiration behind it and like the theme and the idea is fucking awesome, which is why I think that the totems would have been an amazing, uh, expansion team name and, you know, using the logic of putting indigenous people back to work, uh, artists, especially imagine those artists coming up with the, all of the like marketing pieces and unis and everything for the Seattle totems. Imagine that. It'd have been great. Well, I think we already talked about this a while ago. Um, and I don't remember if we had a guest on or not, but that's already such a, a large connection for the Vancouver fan base that they they are uh tapping into paying tribute to the indigenous cultures that it may have been a little um I mean, not the right word here, but like a little bit too much since they're right next to each other. So Seattle would have their own identity. Right. And now it's the Kraken. Okay. Awesome. Tight. Whatever. Yeah. Just mythical. Whatever. Just weird S, tentacled S with a red eye. Awesome. Awesome. So sick. Okay. On to some brighter news. Um, Nick Dowd. Uh, launched Dowd's Crowd last season, uh, helps kids with autism, a la Kolzig here, uh, kind of channeling Oli a little bit. Uh, they're holding an auction to raise some money for the cause, and so check them out. Um, I think that that's, again, you know, the Caps, I feel like Caps players really just have a great platform. I don't know if it's the city, if it's the culture, whatever it is. Um, and, you know, maybe it's just because I don't follow other teams as closely, but I know that this happens around the league. It's just... Really great to see, and, and I feel really proud of the team when they do these things. Yeah, uh, it's it's obviously a great cause. Um, if if you're following us on our Facebook page, or if you don't, just go to Caps Chirp and uh, on Facebook, and we shared um, they're they're doing an auction that runs until Friday, uh, the 18th. So. If you're interested, you can check it out on our Facebook page, or I'm sure if you just Google Nick Dow charity, it would come up. Uh, but yeah, great stuff. And it, it definitely seems to be in the Washington Capitals culture to be involved with the community and help those less fortunate. Absolutely. And that's why part of the reason why Caps fans, we support the best team in the league, bar none. So all good stuff here, man. Uh, Paul, you got some on this date. I So if you've been following our Twitter account, uh, which you should follow us at Caps Chirp, you can see it right here on our screen. Um, how do I even – this, this. Here. There you go. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so uh, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. I don't know. What else is there, Paulie? Twitter. Twitter. And then on the Hockey Podcast Network – YouTube page troll has created a playlist. So 
you click on Caps Chirp and it's got all of our YouTube videos. So everything is Caps Chirp except YouTube and that's Hockey Podcast Network and then you go to our our playlist. Absolutely. But Polly's been doing a lot of on this date stuff, uh drum up some interaction. So you know, give him some love, give him some likes out there if you see us out there because uh it's uh he's actually doing this organically. It's not like he's just copying somebody's stuff. He he actually does like some basic research using the Google machine and says like what happened today and in caps history and then just like <laughs> it, it picks things. So, you know, yeah. honestly, I'm waiting for you to be picked up by the athletic uh, to to be yeah, man. honest to start writing um, the fucking drivel that they, I mean, they, and then they put out like, it's, it's like what a monthly subscription too. So that's a paid. Thing. Yeah. You can always read like three sentences and they're like, Oh, you got to pay for this. <laughs> God damn it. But yeah. uh yeah. Tell us about this date. Well, so um, since this uh, officially, I mean, we're, we're obviously live. Um, but this, I, I, what I did was for Monday. Cause that's when the, the episode comes out through the network. Um, on December 14th, 2018, the Caps had a 6-5 to five shootout win over the Hurricanes. Uh, Ovi had career hat-trick number 23, and uh, John Carlson and Nick Dowd, speaking of Dowd, each had three assists in that uh, five-goal performance. The sixth goal was just a team goal in the shootout. And uh, Backstrom and Verona each scored in the shootout for a 2-1 to one shootout victory, so... Uh, another, another Ovi Hadrick. I mean, come on, this guy just—he's—he's he's unstoppable. Um, and uh, you know, I since since we're doing it live, I might as well mention today, the thirteenth, uh, in two thousand fourteen, the Caps went. Well, actually, at home, they beat Tampa Bay for the second time in five days. It was a four to two victory. Nick Backstrom had his first career regular season hat trick. First one was in the playoffs against Montreal, but um, he put him up three to nothing with a natural hat trick, and then Tampa Bay clawed back in, and then a an empty netter put them up for a four to two victory. And then the final one that I have is for Tuesday, on uh, December fifteenth, two thousand six, the Capitals beat the Thrashers three to two in overtime. It was Ovi's second career hat trick. His first one was against the Ducks, and uh, Zubris had two assists that night. And Brent Johnson was in goal, twenty-eight saves. So Ovi's second career hat trick. He scored all three goals. He actually scored six seconds into overtime, so he is tied with four other players for the fastest overtime goal in NHL history. Nothing has ever been less than six seconds. And he is tied with four other guys for the record. So just another record that Alex Ovechkin holds. Badass. Badass. Well, there you go, Caps fans. Now you have your daily dose of history so that you can, you know, I don't know. That's good water cooler talk, right? Or Zoom yeah, Check our talk. Twitter. I'll be tweeting them out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you need if you need sources, check the at uh, Caps Chirp Twitter and, and you'll be able to uh, – to, I don't know, have, have the spark notes. Yeah. Just, you know, when in your, uh, in your citations, poly cupcakes, right. At caps chirp slash at cupcake poly. Shout out. <laughs> All right. stars only. Yeah. 
again, Caps fans, you know, rate our podcast, do all the stuff, five stars only. Um, five stars only. We would love that. And uh, I guess this is this will conclude our first live stream. I think it went off without too many uh, bad things happening. And I think that we actually had like one person actually watch it. So incredible. Well, we stuff. got two different people commented. That's true. Uh, one one from the network and one that's my sister. So thank you guys for chiming in. We appreciate the comments. Appreciate you watching us. And if you really enjoyed it, you can listen again tomorrow when the network posts it on all of our platforms. Right, Ooh, number you three. You should. You should, absolutely. <laughs> all right. Well, Caps fans, I just got this one clip to play. Um and then we will, uh, then we'll, we'll, we'll get out of here. All right. And, and in honor of doing it live, we got a little bit of a uh, Bill O'Reilly. That's tomorrow. <laughs> and that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a, I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks again for watching. We'll leave you with Sting and a cut off his new album. Take it away. <laughs> Until next week, Caps fans, stay safe. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trollin' on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, on Twitter at Cupcake Polly. And follow the show's handle at Caps Chirp on Twitter and Instagram. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on Twitter and TheHockeyPodcastNetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.